me to the easiest book in the Bible to find. It's called Genesis. We're looking right at the beginning this morning. Genesis chapter 18. If you're in your Bibles, you know where that is. It's the first book in your Bible. Genesis chapter 18. Uh, We're going to be looking at the first 10 verses of Genesis chapter 18 this morning. Before we read the Word of God, I want to let you know many of you guys were praying for me and my wife Charlene and our family as we went on vacation last week. Uh, In fact, uh, it was an amazing vacation. I want to thank you guys for your prayers. Took a little mini vacation to a very exotic, foreign, faraway place called Bellingham. Okay? That's right. Uh, spent seven days there. I didn't know if you could really spend seven days in Bellingham for vacation, but we did. It was an amazing time. I usually, I, I always thought Bell's, Bellis Fair, the mall, was the only thing that I would go to in Bellingham, but the fact was that Bellingham is a beautiful place, and we actually spent about seven days there, went to different parks, uh, spent a lot of time uh, watching the Food Network, uh, Shark Tank, uh, you know, Discovery Channel, and we were just doing, just really just not thinking about too much after a fairly intense August that we had. In fact, uh, just for proof that we went on vacation, let me just show you a picture really quick right now. Uh, this is of us, uh, our family, going on vacation here. Uh, my, my spiritual gift, one of them is actually taking selfies, and so that's me taking a selfie of our family there. You can see that we're not in front of a TV, we're not in the mall, but we're actually going on a hike here. Uh, Kayla looks a little bit tired, uh, but the fact is that we had an amazing time there. Do you guys miss us last week? Well, it's just one week, but the fact is we miss you guys, and it is so good to have you guys here, so good to be with you guys once again. Let's look at Genesis chapter 18, and if you wouldn't mind, I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to ask the keyboardist to play, and I'm going to ask all of us to read God's word while we stand. Let's just show reverence to the word of God this morning as we get ready to read the word of God. And so would you do this with me? Let's read in a big, loud voice the first 10 verses of Genesis this morning, and uh, let's read it together in a big, loud voice. It says, The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, if I've found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed and then go on your way now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they answered, do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three sayas of fine flour and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Where is your wife, Sarah? They asked him. There in the tent, he said. Then the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Before you take your seats, let me share with you the title to today's message. Today's message is entitled, The Welcoming Party. Would you turn to your neighbors around you, give them a high five before you take your seat and say, I'm on the welcoming party. Could you tell them that right now? Turn to your neighbors and say that. I'm on the welcoming party. Please have your seats. Please have your seats. See, this morning, I'm so excited to share this message with you as we get ready for a brand new year. And truth be told, I can't think of a better message or a more important message, a more practical message to share with all of you, church, as we get ready for this brand new year to love our city, to make a difference where we've been called to be. And today we're looking at Genesis chapter 18, verses 1 to 10. Here in this passage we just read, you have two people called Abraham and Sarah. They're two of the most important, two of the most famous figures in the Old Testament. And they're up in years, they're beyond childbearing years, they're a married couple that have always longed to have children. But for some reason, they were not able to. 
and for years they dreamed of having kids. In fact, Abraham, before, uh, you know, in, in years past, in decades before, he would experience times with God where he would sense God telling him, Abraham, you're going to be a father. And you're not just going to be a father, but you're going to be a great nation. In fact, you're going to be a father of many nations. In fact, you're going to have a son and sons after them and sons after them. And he was saying that you're going to be a father of many nations. But 24 years after Abraham first heard that from God, Abraham and his wife Sarah still don't have even a single child. And see, now you find, we find Abraham even older now. And God comes to Abraham in this passage in the form of three visitors. Abraham, he sees these three visitors, and he goes out of his way to welcome them. And it's in that moment, while Abraham is going out of his way to welcome God into his life, that God speaks to Abraham, and he speaks to Sarah, and says, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and you, at that time, are going to have a son. See, in other words, what was going on? As Abraham was welcoming God... God blessed Abraham. He clarified his future. He crystallized his destiny. He, he increases hope. And maybe here today, you're thinking about your future. There's some uncertainties about the future that you are worried about because there's stuff that's beyond your control. You've got dreams that you're not sure are going to take place. You've got plans that you're not sure what's going to happen with them. Maybe you're here and you're worried and stressed out because it's the beginning of a brand new year and there's just so much stuff going on. You feel like you've got a thousand things to be thinking about and you're stressed out as a result. Maybe you're here and you're lacking hope because of something that's happened to you recently, I believe that this message is for you this morning. See, if you find that you need clarity on your future, if you find that you are stressed beyond your, 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 your ability to handle it, I want to tell you today, God loves you, and God wants to encounter you in this time. And I want to ask you to do this today, is I want to open up your heart, and I want to ask you to know this, is that if you want your future to be clarified this coming year, if you want your hope to be increased this coming year, so much of it is going to depend on how much you welcome God and his work in your life this coming year. So much is going to depend on how much you welcome God to move in your life this coming year. And let me tell you this. Maybe when you think of welcoming God, you think of, oh, i got to pray more. Uh, i got to go to church. Uh, maybe read my Bible. Maybe you know, do these things that we all think are good and are good things and are important things to do. But today, I want to I share with you one way that we can welcome God that is so incredibly important but so often neglected. And as we begin this new year together, I couldn't think of a better way to start off our new year but to talk about this very practical thing this morning. Would you read with me Genesis chapter 18, verse 1, once again. Read it with me, a big loud voice, and help me preach in this place this morning. What does it say? It says, The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre, while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. If you stop right there, and if you notice, what, what, where is Abraham? He's at a place called the great trees of Mamre. What is that? What's the great trees of Mamre? See, it's the place where Abraham worshiped God. If you read a few chapters before in Genesis 13, Abraham actually built an altar there to God. It's where he would bring him and his family to go and worship God. It was the place where he would regularly go to meet with God. You could even say that you know, the great trees of Mamre was Abraham's local church. It's that that's where he would go to worship God with God's people. And see, if you are having an Abraham, if you're having a conversation with Abraham you know, in, you know, back then, if you want to meet him and talk to him, and he'll go, oh, so where do you go to worship? God. You go, oh, I go to Thrive Church. Where do you go? Oh, I go to the Great Trees of Mamre. That's what he would say, because the Great Trees of Mamre was kind of like his local church. And see, look at, look at verse 2. What does it say? It says, Abraham looked up. Verse 2, Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. Who were these three men? 
See, scholars believe that these three men were actually the Lord God and two angels coming in human form. And in other words, what was going on is that Abraham wasn't just meeting ordinary people, ordinary visitors, but he was actually meeting God who'd come in the form of these three visitors at his church. Did Abraham know it was God? It's not 100% clear, but a lot of scholars, they think that by his lavish actions toward these visitors, even in a culture that already celebrated hospitality, he went above and beyond anyone's expectations. And that might go to show that he knew that these were not just ordinary visitors, that this was something very special was going on. And here is where the lines begin to blur in this passage, where you're not always sure, is he talking to people or is he talking to God? Is he talking to visiting people who are human beings or is he talking to God? As you're reading this passage, there's a little bit of that blurriness. And the fact is, I think that blurriness is on purpose. I believe that the reason why it's blurry is in part to communicate a very important point, is that the way you welcome God And the way you treat God has very much to do with the way you welcome and treat people. Amen. And see, here's the thing. They are so related, the way you treat God and the way you treat people, that you can't really separate them. And see, since we're looking today at how Abraham welcomed God by welcoming these three visitors at his church called the Great Trees of Mamre, today I'm here to tell you this, and you can write this down. Welcoming God and welcoming new visitors, new people in your church, go hand in hand. Church, if you believe us, say amen. See, today we're talking, believe it or not, we're talking about welcoming people in our church, especially new people. And see, you might be, seriously, we're going to spend a morning talking about welcoming new people? Yes, we're going to spend a morning talking about welcoming new people. Why is that? It's because, really, this message is about loving people well. This message is about how you love the people around you. See, Jesus, he once said, when someone asked him, what is the greatest commandment in the Bible? Jesus said, there are two. The first is love God. The second is love people. And see, this is one of the most important things you can do in life. It's the top two. How you love people is more important than how much money you make, more than what you put on your resume, more than anything else. It's how you love, how you love God, how you love people. It's about relationships. Turn your neighbor and say, it's about how you love. And that's what we're talking about this morning. And I think that as we talk about this this morning, not only are we going to set ourselves up really well for a brand new year here at Thrive Church together, but even more, if you take to heart the message that we're talking about this morning, it's going to help you in your business. It's going to help you in your relationships at home with extended family members, with people that you just meet, because it's all about loving people. Well, are you guys ready this morning? I hope you take some good notes in this place this morning. See, here at Thrive, we really make it our priority to welcome people well. We don't do a perfect job of it. In fact, far from perfect, but we really do make it our priority. Even just the way we plan our services, the messages that we preach, the way we train our people as best we can, you know, our website, even, you know, all these different things. We really try to make it really clear that Thrive Church is not a closed circle, but Thrive Church is an open community that's welcoming to people of all backgrounds. If you believe us, say amen. And see, from time to time, we'll even hear people comment, oh yeah, you know, Thrive is the most welcoming place I've ever been to. I've never high-fived so many times in one morning. They'll say that kind of stuff, and, 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 and I think that's great. But here's the thing. Also, as a pastor, there are times when I think we can, as a church community, as a church whole, and as individuals as well, be more welcoming to the people around us, especially as more people come to Thrive Church. You know, we've grown quite a bit in the past few years, especially as people make Thrive Church their home. We want to make sure that we continue to be all the more a very, very welcoming community. Let me put it this way. Welcoming is not just what we do. Welcoming is who we are. 
Welcoming is not just what we do. Welcoming is who we are. It's in our church DNA. It's who we are. And if we are not intentional about talking about this, if we're not intentional about teaching why we do this, then we're going to lose that edge. And so we want to really focus in today on why is it that it's so important to be a welcoming church. If you're a first-time guest today, I want you to sit back and relax. All right, don't worry. We're not going to do some weird role-playing exercises with you, treat you like a guinea pig as if, oh my goodness, I really came on a special day. The fact is this, is we are so glad that you're here. And my hope is that through this message, if you're a first-time guest here, that, and, or you're just new generally, you've been coming in the past month or two, my hope is that this message will really give you a sense that you really matter to us. And that even more, you really matter to God. And that it is really our priority for you, because you matter to God, because you matter to us, that you have an amazing experience here at Thrive Church today. So in many ways, I'm giving us a bit of an inside look on how we do church this morning. I hope you find it interesting. I hope you find it infor- informative. I hope you find it challenging and encouraging. Let me say it this way. How much you welcome God has so much to do with how you welcome new people in our church. If you don't believe me, look at Matthew chapter 25, verses 34 to 40. This is Jesus talking. And would you help me preach and lead, read this in a big loud voice one two three it says then the king will say to those on his right come you who are blessed by my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world keep on going for i was hungry and you gave me food i was thirsty and you gave me drink i was a stranger and you welcomed me stop right there I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. Think about that. Keep on going. What does it say? It says, I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Keep on going. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? Keep on going. And when when, when, when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly, I say to you, you as you did it to me to one of the least of these my brothers you did it to me see what does that mean see what is Jesus saying you can write this down the point of that passage is to say God watches the way we treat people in church especially new people we've never met before I was a stranger and you welcomed me see God cares so much about how we treat new people who come into our church that he takes it personally. He says, whatever you did for them, you did that to me. Whatever you didn't do for them, you didn't do that for me. God takes the way we treat people, especially new people in the church, he takes it personally as if we are doing it to him directly. Could it be that this morning, the most important worship that you can give to God is not just the song that you just sang. It's not the offering that you're going to give later on. It's not, you know, even you taking good notes in the sermon, but even more than that, could it be that what Jesus is focused on today is how you treat that new person that you just met or how you treat that new person that you didn't have a chance to shake hands with because there's too many people there. See, could it be that God is watching the way you treat new people who come into our church? Here's a question for you today. How welcoming are you? See, studies show that most churches and the people who attend those churches tend to think that they are very welcoming. And when you ask the guests who come to those churches, first-time guests, you will hear sometimes a very different story. And if you really want to know how welcoming you are, it's about learning to see things from the perspective, not of someone who's always been here or been here for a long time, but someone who's here for the very first time. What is it like for them? How welcoming are you? Let me give you today five clues that maybe, just maybe, you're not as welcoming as you think you are. Are you guys ready? 
All right, we're going to do a little bit of a self-evaluation today, all right? And you can ask yourself, how many of these apply to me? If, you, if you're a first-time guest here, you're new here, you can sit back and relax and just point your finger at the people who are not doing it well. I'm kidding. But here's the thing. Number, number one is this. You are not in the habit, clue number one, you are not in the habit of looking for new people. Is that when you walk into the church building or the moment the service is over, who do you look for? You look for your friends. You look for the people that you know. You look to chat up with them and, and, and hang out with them. And your radar, is not, your radar is not up for anyone outside of your little circle. And if that's you, then you want, that's not very welcoming. Sometimes you can go through a whole day at church and you don't even think about seeing someone who's new. You're just kind of focused on, oh, my friends, that cute girl that I want to get close to. You're just thinking about all those things, but you're not thinking about new people. If that's you, then give yourself a point. Number two is this. Clue number two is this. When you see someone new, you don't go out of your way to greet them. So say, you know, for some reason, you notice that there's a new person, but even so, you just kind of, kind of stay back. You don't really do anything about it. They're, oh, I hope they feel welcome. But you don't say anything. You don't do anything. You know, have you ever been to a, a social gathering before? Maybe a party. Maybe you're with your family, uh, extended family. Maybe maybe an awkward family gathering with your in-laws. And 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 you know, and, you're, you're, and and people didn't really go out of their way to welcome you or greet you. Maybe one person did, and, and you felt like you know they were really nice, but then the rest of them really didn't. How did that make you feel? Have you ever felt that way before? You probably felt a little out of place. You probably felt that other than that one nice person, the rest of them are pretty unwelcoming. And you know, I've, I've been a guest at different churches before as a speaker and even as a first-time guest. And, and, and here I find this is that no matter how welcoming the pastor is or the leaders are, when the people in the church don't go out of their way to welcome a guest, the guest doesn't feel very welcomed. Amen. And see, you might be, well, JB, the reason I don't really go to my way is because I trust God, but I don't trust people. You know, people can be shady. You know, people can be scary. And what if that person's a stalker? You know, what if that person, you know, is a pedophile? What, what, what if that's going on? And see, here's the thing. You can be careful and welcoming at the same time. Amen? Being welcoming doesn't mean that you throw caution out the wind, wisdom out the wind, and you just throw yourself into any potentially dangerous situation. It simply means you go out of your comfort zone with some wisdom, and you do it with a heart to serve and to bless someone else in discerning, loving, courageous way. Amen. That's what we're talking about. And see, that's clue number two. If you find that when you see someone new, you don't really do anything, you don't really go out of your way to greet them, then give yourself a point as well. Number three, number three, clue number three, you don't greet new people until you're told to do so. Ooh, has that ever happened to you before? Is that your normal way of doing church? Is that when well, we, we, we do our greeting time in church, uh, you know, the pastor says, okay, go and greet someone new, find someone new. Yeah, you haven't said hi to yet, they give them a high five. And that's the only time, that's the only time you give anyone a high five. That's the only time you welcome anyone new. You know, growing up with my parents, I was an extremely shy kid. And I remember whenever there was a, a, a guest in the home that would come in, my parents would always be looking for me because you know what I, where I would be? I'd be hiding under the stairs. And, and they would come on out, greet auntie and uncle, and I'd be... Hi, auntie. Hi, uncle. And I'd run away. And obviously, you know, was I being very welcoming? No. In fact, I had a lot of growing up to do. Obviously. See, if you're the type of person who comes to church and you don't really greet people until someone tells you to, then guess what? The impression you give that new person is that person isn't very welcoming and that person has some growing up to do. Amen. It's true. It's true. And, and, and you give the impression that, you know what, you're only doing it because you're told to, you're only doing it because you're forced to, you're only doing it because it's your job, but you don't really mean it. 
And see, that's so, so, so important. We never want to make people feel that way here at church. Number four, habit, uh, number four habit or clue that, that, that signals that maybe you're not that welcoming is this. You only reach out to people who look good to you. All right? You only reach out to people who look at this number four. And, and here's the thing. For example, you see someone who is good looking and you think, hello, welcome to Thrive. Come here, cutie. Or, or, or you think, or, but then you see someone who's maybe, you know, a little bit disheveled, doesn't look as good. They're, they're not tar, tall, dark, and handsome. And so you're like, oh, next, okay? Yeah, hi, next. Is, is that you? Or, or maybe you see someone who comes out of an expensive car, and they're kind of, they're just shimmering. And, and there's so much bling on them. You're like, oh, hello, make yourself at home. But then you see someone else who's just kind of dressed ordinary, like, oh, okay, hello. You know what? That's called favoritism. And that's called being unwelcoming, being unloving. Look at James chapter 2, verses 2 to 4. Do we have that PowerPoint? Let's read it together. It says, suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in shabby clothes. A poor man in shabby clothes also comes in. Keep on going. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet, have you not discriminated amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? The Bible talks about that. And you know, the same can be said about when you only reach out to people who look like you or who are like you, so you think. But when you see someone who's a different race, different color of skin, different age from you. Oh, I'm young. I can't talk to old people. You know, oh, I'm old. I can't talk to young people. The moment that goes on, then, then you're just not that welcoming. In fact, you kind of just turn a blind eye. If that's you, then you're not that welcoming. In fact, I would suggest that you need to rethink the way you value people and the way that God looks at you and them. If you believe, say amen. Because the fact is this, God's house is not just for one race. God's house is for every background, every culture, every race, every nation. Amen. You know, I, know, I know here at Thrive Church there's a lot of Asians. But guess what? It's because Richmond and Vancouver have a lot of Asians. But, that's not, that, that, but let me say this. I'm going to say it to you a number of times in September. Is that Thrive Church is not a Chinese church that so happens to speak English and have some other nationalities that come here. That's not Thrive Church. Thrive Church is a multi-ethnic, multicultural multiracial church that happens to have Asian people, a lot of them because Vancouver has a lot of Asian people and a lot of them. If you believe it, give God a big hand in this place right now. Amen. But we are a multiracial, multi-ethnic, multilingual, multicultural church, and that's also what the kingdom of God is like. And if, and if you have a problem with that, then I think, I'll say it to you as subtly as I can, that the pride of your prejudice needs to be broken by the power of God's love. Amen. Amen. It's time to reach out, not just to people who look good to you or who look like you, but it's time to reach out even beyond that because that's the love of God. Turn your and say, that's the love of God. Number five, clue number five, after the initial high, you think your job is done. See, for you, maybe welcoming others is usually nothing more than a five-second job. You go, oh, hi, welcome to our church. Okay, I'm done. Oh, hi, welcome to our church. I'm done. And see, if that's you, then guess what? You're not being that welcoming. The fact is this. If the rest of the time after that initial high, you are just basically spending it with your friends and you're so, hey, what do you guys want to eat? Hey, you guys want to see a movie tonight? And you're in this little circle. You're not thinking anymore about that new person who's there. Then guess what? That is unwelcoming. Being a one-hit welcomer is not being welcoming at all. We want to be people who are continually welcoming. Not just on week one, but on every week after that. Amen. And so today we're talking about being a more welcoming church. Maybe you're here and 
deep down, you want to be more welcoming to new people, but you just don't really know how. You're like, I'm shy. I don't want to say. You know what? Today from Genesis 18, we're going to learn some practical tips on how you can be better at welcoming others. Now, don't get me wrong. If you are shy and you're an introvert, I don't expect you today to all of a sudden become this super gregarious chatterbox, life of the party. You're going around all the... No, I'm not expecting that. If you're going through a tough season in your life and it is difficult for you to even be around people, I understand. I've been through those seasons as well. And I'm not expecting to put on a mask and pretend that everything's okay. You don't need to do that to be welcoming. If, if you have social anxiety and it's a victory just for you to step into a church, then you know what? I hear you, but I want to encourage you to do this. See, I'm not, untru- I'm not trying to force you to become someone that you're not. But what I want to do is plant into, the, into your mind and to your heart that following Jesus is about loving people well. That following Jesus is also about welcoming new people into our church. And whatever that looks like to you in your own context today, be the most welcoming person you can be because people matter to God. Amen. And so whatever that is, whatever place you're in, it's time to think about being more welcoming. It's time to think that people matter to God. I want to make that happen in my life as well. How do we do that? Well, let's look at that right now. Number one, I'm going to give a few tips, practical tips on how you can be a more welcoming person. This will help you not just in church, but hopefully in your business, hopefully in your family, hopefully on the team that you're serving. Number one is this. When you welcome new people in church, assume the attitude of a servant. Assume the attitude of a servant. Turn to your and say, I'm here to serve. I'm here to serve. Look at verse 3 and 4 with me. What does it say? It says, he said, if I have found favor in your eyes. Church, you guys have that? Read it with me. One, two, three. It says, he said, if I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Notice Abraham goes out of his way to serve these visitors at his church in very practical ways. And see, here's a tip whenever you read the Old Testament. Because I really believe this. is The Old Testament, so much of it, all of it, in fact, is pointing to the New Testament. And so when you're reading the Old Testament, you have to read it with a lens on the New Testament as well. And see, when I read verse 4, this verse that we just read, let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. You know what? I can't help but think of someone else in the New Testament who would later come as a servant to bring water that we could not find ourselves, to wash our feet in the water of his mercy, to let people find rest under a tree. What is his name? His name is Jesus. Amen. When we were far away from God, when we couldn't find rest in our own way of doing things, when we were disqualified from heaven and anything to do with God because of our sin, God didn't divorce us. He didn't quit on us. Instead, he said, I love you. I don't want to spend eternity without you. So I'm going to send my son, Jesus Christ, to serve you, to serve you by living the life that none of us could live, the life that only God in the flesh could live. And then he would die on the cross for our sins on a tree so that we could find rest under that tree so that we could find rest from our guilt. We could find freedom from our shame. We could find forgiveness for every mistake we've ever made because there Jesus came to give us living water. There Jesus came to give us a shade in the heat of the day over our sin and our shame. That's Jesus Christ. Come on, give God a big hand in this place right now. Amen. Jesus came to be that servant, to give us water, to wash our feet, to, be, to, to give us rest under the tree where he died. And see, that's one, re- the one reason that we've talked about so far of why we want to welcome people is because how we welcome people reflects how we welcome God in our own lives. But there's a second reason that I'm talking about now is that we welcome people here because that's how God welcomed us. 
That's how Jesus treated us. We love because he first loved us. Jesus went out of his way to welcome us into the kingdom of God. With open arms, he stretched out his hands on the cross and said, it is open to you. You're welcome here. You are welcome to the kingdom of God. Despite your background, despite your sin, despite your past, you can come here and I love you. That's the way that God welcomed you and that's how we want to welcome people into the church here at Thrive. If you believe us, say amen. Amen. Look at verse 5. What does it say? It says, let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed and then go on your way. Now that you have come to your servant. Underline those words, your servant. Very well, the answer, do as you say. See, Abraham saw himself so much as a servant to his visitors who came to his church that he served them in practical ways. He even used very polite language with them. My Lord, I'm your servant. You know, one of the best greeters you'll find here at Thrive Church, and we've got a lot of really great greeters here, but one of them, her name is Amy. She's my admin assistant. And if you know Amy, she is our heavenly high voice here at Thrive. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Thrive Church. And she, she's, she's, she's great. We love her so much. And see, here's the thing. Once I asked Amy, you know, Amy, what's your mentality? What's your attitude? Like, what are you thinking about when you're greeting people here at Thrive Church? And you know what she said? This is what she said. I'll never forget it. She said, I even wrote it down. She said, I see the church as my home. That means that any new person who comes is a guest in my home, and I am a host to serve that person. And see, in fact, I believe this, that all the best welcomers have that kind of attitude. This is not just someone who's here, oh yeah, hi, you're, you're here, oh, you're here to compete with me for a seat, you're here to compete with me for the washroom. No, see, you, you, are, you are someone who matters to God, you are a guest in my home, and therefore I'm here to host you and serve you, whether you've got a badge on you or a title on you or not, amen. So let me ask this question, when you see someone who's new at Thrive, do you assume the attitude of a servant? Do you say, hey, how can I help you? Is there anything I can get to you? Can I show you your seat? Can I get you a coffee? You know, can, can, I, can, I, can I get you anything at all? I'm happy to serve. Just let me know. If, if you do that, you will be a host. You know, but you, oh, but JB, you know, I, I want to welcome people, but I'm shy. I, I, I want to be a servant, but I don't know what to say. How about, hi, my name is, and say your name. And then, how are you this morning? How about that? And it's nice to meet you. How about that? Hi, my name is this. How are you this morning? It's nice to meet you. And if you're still not sure what else to say, let me give you some inside stuff from me about what I will normally ask people who come, from th come to Thrive for the first time. And I'll, I'll share it with you right here. Okay? And, and this is just stuff that's just natural conversation. But if you have trouble trying to think what to say, these are some things you can just safely ask people. Stuff like, how did you hear about our church? Like, because not, not everyone is invited by friends. Some people find us through Google. Some people find us through word of mouth, all that stuff. And so how do you hear about a church? And that, that you can strike up an interesting conversation that way. Have you, have you ever been to a church before? See, don't assume, don't assume, church, that someone who's new has always, has, has been to church before. See, our church exists to reach unchurched people. Our church exists to reach people who have no idea about the love of Jesus. We're here to reach people who don't go to church. That's our reason for being. And so don't assume, oh, Oh, ha like don't don't assume that that person's any, ever, ever been to church and use oh hello on the Lord's day, my brother. Don't, don't do that. See, you you, you want to speak to them, no, not making any assumptions because we're here to love our city. Amen. And so you can say, you know, have you ever been to a church before? And a lot of times, well, you know, this is the very first time I've ever been to a church before. I, I love hearing that. I love hearing that this is the first church they've ever been to before in their lifetime, and not just this year, but in their lifetime. I love hearing that. Another one is, did you come by yourself? 
Or did you grow up in Vancouver? And then you get to interesting talking about their background and where they grew up and you know, did they move here from somewhere else? Do, do you have a lot of family here with you? Are you working? Are you studying right now? These are just very simple questions you can ask. But it's kind of funny how some people are, oh, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. You know what? You can ask those basic loving questions and no matter how they answer, be an attentive listener. Okay? Don't ask the question start looking on your phone. Don't ask, don't ask the question start looking around. But you listen. You smile. You nod. You're an active listener. And then you respond always positively. Oh, you're not working right now? Ha, ha, ha. You know, you know, uh, oh, you're a student right now? Oh, you're still. You know, what, what you want to do is you want to be positive, warm, encouraging. Let them know they're loved here. You can, if you're not sure what else to say, you can just say, hey, cool. It's great to have you here. Make yourself at home. If there's anything that we can do or I can do, let me know. And when you're in a group, that includes that new person, be sure to talk about stuff that that person can relate to as well. Don't make that person feel left out. Take an interest in this person. Is this helpful in this place this morning? We're being really, really practical this morning. If you think, oh, this is so easy, guess what? It's maybe not as easy as you think. What is this? We're talking about taking on the attitude of a servant. Number two, if you want to be better at welcoming people, number two, be quick to welcome new people. Be quick to welcome new people. Make it your priority. See, a big part of welcoming people is about speed. Because in many ways, how quickly you get to someone and do something for someone shows how much you value them. If you send an email to someone, they don't reply for days and days and days and days and days. Either they forgot or maybe it's just that they don't value that relationship very much. And so you're fast and quick to welcome people to show them that they matter to you. Look at verse 6. What does it say? It says, get ready to circle a few words here. So Abraham hurried, circle that, into the tent to Sarah. Circle another one. Quick, he said. Get three sayers of fire flour and knead it and bake some bread. Next one, verse 7 says, then he ran. Everyone say, he ran. He ran to the herd and selected a choice, tender calf, and gave it to a servant who hurried. Circle that. Who hurried to prepare. What's going on? He hurried. Quick. He ran. Do you know what's going on? Is Abraham is hurrying because he values these people. He is being quick to welcome us. He's making it his priority. Let me ask you this, church. Do you know when is the, usually the most nerve-wracking time for a first-time guest in the church? Do you know usually when that is? Do you know when that is? Usually, usually, surveys say, is right before the service. Is they've stepped in. Maybe they've even come early because they want to be respectful. And they're, they're, they don't really know anyone. They don't know the building. They don't really know where to go. And they kind of sit there sometimes by themselves because obviously they don't know anyone else. That is the most nerve-wracking time for them. And so before the service starts, if you're here and you see someone who is new, then what should you do? Before you do anything else, go and greet that person. Go and say hi. Go shake their hand. Go get to know them just maybe a little bit. If they're sitting alone, you can say, hey, do you mind if I sit beside you? And you may, you may even share your Bible with them as you're going through the service. Even before the service starts, you're saying, I'm so glad that you're here. You've been quick to welcome them. Amen. Amen. Another one, when the service is over. What does it mean to be quick to welcome that person who's new? Is you don't go find your friends first. You don't go and even like pack up your stuff, but you go and you find that person that you didn't have a chance to shake hands with because there are too many people who went over there. You go and find that person. Maybe you're here and oh, I've got kids. I've got to go get the kids. That's totally fine. I get that. Don't want you to leave your kids for that person, but you can go and when you pick up your kids, go find some other people who are other parents and reach out to them. Make that your priority. Everyone say, my priority. 
You welcome them before you do anything else. So in fact, sometimes, let, let me tell you something. Sometimes at the end of a service, uh, you know, someone will come up to me, maybe like an old thriver, someone who's been here with us for a long, long, long time. And they'll come, they'll want to talk to me and, and, you know, maybe ask me something, a question. And it's not an urgent thing. It's not a, it's not a life or death thing. If it's not an urgent life or death thing, do you know what I will often st- st- tell them? I'll often stop them and go, hey, that's awesome. I want to talk with you. This is great. But here, there's a bunch of, of new people who've never been here before. Let's go welcome them first. And we'll come back. We'll talk about this after. Is that cool? And usually they'll be very understanding. They'll be, yeah, that's totally cool. It's because we are a welcoming church. Amen. Welcoming is not just what we do, it's who we are. So if I ever do that to you, it's not because I don't want to spend time with you. It's not because you're not important, but it's because that's the heart of God. God would rather leave the 99 who are already close to him and go and find that one lost one who's far away because that is how God's heart operates and that's how we want our church to operate as well. Amen. And so maybe in the same way, maybe you know, after the service, you have a friend who starts talking to you about you know, my exams and this is a person you always talk to. You know what? If you know that this is a conversation you can have later on, stop the conversation. Go, hey, what? let's go find some new people. Let's go welcome them. Let's make them feel very much at home. That is called welcoming God. That is called welcoming your church. Church, do you believe that? Amen. Amen. Look at verse 6 and 7, and I want you to get ready to look at these same verses we just read, but we're going to emphasize a different layer to it. Look at this. So Abraham, circle Abraham, or maybe underline it because you circled the other ones before, underline Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah, underline that. Quick, he said, get three sails of fine flour, knead it, and bake some bread. Verse 7, then he ran to the herd, underline the herd, and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant, underline a servant, who hurried to prepare it. See, what's going on? Notice that Abraham involved others in his welcome. He got Sarah, his wife, involved. He got the herd involved. He got his servants involved. He got a team involved. What's the lesson there? If you want to welcome new people well, involve a team. Don't just do it yourself. Involve others. Leverage the power of team. See, that's what we're talking about today. That's why I'm here talking to you today. It's because our welcoming party is not just Pastor JB and Pastor Shar. Our welcoming party is not just our small group leaders. Our welcome party is not just Sowie and our greeting team. Our welcoming team is every single one of you who calls Thrive Church your home church. Amen. I said amen. Every single one of you, everyone who calls Thrive Church your home church, you are on the welcoming party. Turn to me and say, I'm on the welcoming party. I'm on the welcoming party. And see, one of the things I love to do when I'm meeting a new person, having conversation with them, is that as I'm enjoying that conversation with them, and I love new, new, meeting new people, when I'm having, having this conversation with them, in the back of my mind, I'm also thinking, who is someone I can introduce to this person who would get along with this person as well, who has an immediate connection with this person? I'll be thinking about that. And then as I'm talking, if there's a natural break in the conversation, I will quickly leave the conversation. I'll go grab someone who I think has a, that, that, I, that, that I can bring into the conversation. I'll say, hey, so Sally, Sally, you go to UBC, right? Lucy goes to UBC as well. Yeah, what faculties are you? And, and, and you, you get them talking, and then sometimes I'll go and I'll greet someone else. What am I doing? I'm involving a team. Everyone say, a team. You want to involve a team. Maybe you're shy, or you're worried that you're going to come across as, uh, you know, hitting on the person, giving them the wrong impression when you greet them. Maybe you're a girl, and you're concerned that that one guy who is new, he might get the wrong idea if you are friendly to the person or welcome that person. Well, you know what? Leverage the power of team. Don't just go, by, go, up, to your, go, go up to that person and go, hi, cutie. Welcome to Thrive. No, but, but, but you want to do this. You want to leverage the power of team. If you're a girl and that new person's guy, bring someone else with you. 
Bring someone else. If you're, if you're really concerned about making the wrong impression, bring someone with you. If you're so scared about making the wrong impression, you can say, hey, find some other guys and say, hey, guys, there's a new guy here. Go and welcome him. Go now. Go now. And, oh, how about you? No, I'm going to pray for you. You go now. Right? And, and see, that's, that's, about, that's involving a team. Tell, them, tell your neighbor, give them a high five and say, we're on the same team. We're on the same team. Now, will there be people who come to Thrive and maybe they don't want to be welcomed or they don't want to be noticed and they might even be turned off by too much welcoming? Yes, but that's okay. To me, that's okay. I would rather that we as a church family err on the side of being too welcoming than not welcoming enough. Amen? And so that's what we're going to do. Number four, number four, and we're going to close. Don't just serve new people once and then leave. Keep your radar on. Stay sensitive and attentive to their needs. See, it's not just about saying the high and then you're done, the five-second high, but it's about staying attentive. Keep your, your radar on. Look at verse 8. What does it say? Read it with me. Church, it says, He then brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set these before them. And while they ate, he stood near them under a tree. And see, if you could underline those last words, while they ate, he stood near them under a tree. See, what was Abraham doing? After Abraham had given that initial high, he didn't just go and play on his phone. He didn't just go somewhere else and be with his friends. He stood there. He waited. He was attentive to their needs. Can I get you anything else? Oh, I know you, got, you, you just finished your water. Can I, can I get you a new water? Oh, your fork just dropped. Can I get you a new fork? He's, he's, he's waiting. He's watching. His radar is on. He's proactive. He's attentive to that person's needs. And when you do that, you make that person feel incredibly welcome. So say you've already greeted that person who's new in the service. You already shook hands. Say, welcome to the Thrive. You went back to your seat. When the service is over, can I encourage you to consider doing the following things? Go and find that person again. And go, go and just even if it's just shaking their hand again, saying, it was great to see you here. Hope to see you again. That is great. If you want to get to know them more, that's even better. Go with them to the Welcome Center. Say, hey, you know what? There's actually a special gift that we give to all first-time guests here. It's like a really cool water bottle that is really, you know, it's really awesome. You can go with me. I'll go with you right now. Come with me to the Welcome Center. You take them to the Welcome Center. You know, ask them if, oh, can I get you anything? Can I get you a coffee? You stick around, hopefully, until they leave. If you can, if your schedule allows, you stick around. You be a great host to them. You maybe even want to invite them to lunch. And, you know, if they're, if it's too big of a group of your friends and kind of intimidated, you can, go, you can say, hey, well, maybe it's a few of them. We'll go for lunch that way. And then the following week, when you see them again, don't treat them like a stranger. When you see them again, don't pretend you never saw them, but you say hi again, and you welcome them again. What is that? That's being attentive to their needs. Amen. That's keeping your radar on. That's showing real love. Maybe you're here and you think, well, our church is really growing and there's just so many people who are already taking care of people. I don't know if I could make a difference. I don't know if me really matters. The fact is this, you don't need a title to make a difference. You don't need a badge or, a, or, a, or, a, or, a, or, or some kind of name tag to, to make you make a difference. The fact is, if you will just keep your radar up for new people, if you would assume the attitude of a servant, if you would be quick to welcome other people, if you would stay attentive to their needs, there will be no end to the number of people that God is going to use to, 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 to use you to bless them. If you believe that, say amen. And when you do that, when you really make it your priority to welcome people, great things will happen. Read verse 9. Verse 9 says this. It says, Where is your wife, Sarah? They asked him. There in the tent, he said. Then the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. See, because Abraham went out of his way 
to welcome these visitors to his church, his future was clarified. His destiny was crystallized. His family was blessed. His hope was increased. What's the lesson there? You can never outgive God. You can never outgive God. When you welcome God by welcoming others into your church home, God will make it a point to show up again in your life with even more blessing. Maybe you're here and you're new to Thrive and you're just exploring Christianity right now and you're like, man, I really came on a special day. Well, let me tell you, what can you take away from this message this morning? Well, let me give you just a couple thoughts. Number one is this. Just as God gave a child to an old barren couple, Abe and Sarah, when they thought it was impossible, Perhaps today you're facing what you feel like is an impossible situation. But you need to know today, what is impossible with God is po- what is impossible for man is possible with God. That nothing is too hard for God. That instead of worrying about the things that are beyond your control, instead of stressing out about what you can't do, trust God that in his own perfect time, he will work all things out and make all things beautiful in his perfect time. Amen? Number two is this, you matter to God so much, and he died for you on the cross to show it, to prove it, you matter to God. And lastly, finally, perhaps you're here at Thrive, and you're thinking about your own experience here, and maybe right after the service, you're like, okay, who's going to welcome me? <laughs> who's going to be here to shake my hand? And, and maybe you, God forbid, but maybe, maybe something happens where you walk out of the service, and no one says hi to you again, and no one greets you, no one welcomes you. If that is the case, then I'm so sorry. And I want to thank you for being patient with us. And I hope you will understand and remember this one thing, is that remember that here at Thrive, what binds us all together is not that we think we are perfect people or great people or great Christians even. What binds us together is the shared belief that we are imperfect, flawed sinners who need a Savior. And his name is Jesus Christ. And we are all works in progress. And hopefully today, compared to sometime next year, we're going to be a lot better at what we do. But we are a work in progress. And so I hope you'll show us that grace as well. And know that uh, maybe when we look at ourselves in the mirror, there's all way, there, we all have ways that we need to become more like Jesus. Amen? And so I hope you'll show us that grace. And I want to thank you so much for your patience as well. Look at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. Two last verses before we close today. It says, Do not forget to entertain strangers. For by doing so, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. And look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8 to 10. It says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one of you should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Let's all stand. As we get ready to respond to God today, I'm going to invite you together to respond to God. I'm going to invite the team to come up. They're going to lead us in a song. Then after that, I'm going to lead you in prayer. Let's give God a big hand here in this place this morning.